Talmor, Sheshin Mugachi. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a story glass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Alison Larkin, writer, comedian, narrator, and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. Join me as we embark on a journey through Austen's timeless stories, starting with Pride and Prejudice. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to I'm Listening. This is a Frasier fan podcast uh, hosted by number one Frasier fan, me, Anita Flores. We have a special guest for each new episode, and today is no different, except that this is a returning guest. He is a comedian. He's one of my favorite people on Twitter. Please welcome Patrick Monahan back hey. to the podcast. Hey, what's going on? Uh it's going well. Um, I believe uh, it's been a full season since you've been back. Yeah. Um, so I hope you take it as a big honor. I only oh, have- Oh, yeah, this is huge. You know, really only the, <laughs> the, the best of the best back for seconds. Um, this is a, yeah. This is a, it's always exciting to be a returning podcast guest. Has day. anything really crazy happened to you in the last year? I got a haircut. That's probably the biggest thing. My hair is shorter than it's ever been. It's very exciting. Did you have a beard a year ago? I did. It wasn't as long. Okay. So it's a way of showing that time has passed. No, I'm envious. I <laughs> wish that's something I, as a woman, had as an option. Like, I want to wear glasses, but I don't need them. So uh, I would look like a douche, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just having, with no prescription. Right. But a beard, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like, to me, it feels like, Here's me. I'm thoughtful. I can wear a cable knit sweater. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's also nice because um, I don't have to groom it really much, which is a big part. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, nothing really different for me. Same, same old stuff, you know. Well, one thing has happened since the last time you were here. Oh, wait. No, that's not true. He had already passed away. So when this podcast premiered, the day that the first episode came out, John Mahoney passed away. Mm-hmm. I felt very weird and guilty as if I had caused this somehow, yeah. but I'm realizing it had nothing to do with me, just the sands of time. I think that's fair. I think it's, it's good to have a, uh, uh, you know, you have to come to terms with the fact that you're not responsible for uh, someone. Yeah. Dying. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, so yes. And so as time has gone on, I've always wanted to do an episode of this podcast all about John Mahoney slash Martin Crane. And I feel like I finally have a person who gets it. Yeah. The well, perfect person. This is funny. It's funny because I, I uh, that's why we recorded this like well b- before it premiered. And mm-hmm. then shortly after John Mahoney died, I did like a TV hit. Like I got the guy reached out to me who's a producer at I-24, which is like this news channel. And so I did like a two minute thing on on the news on TV talking about like why millennials love Frasier because of on the occasion of, yeah. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. so this is actually fitting. The more I think about it, it hadn't even occurred to me that that was, that was uh, all tied up in the same thing, but there it is. So, and you've got more time now. Two minutes is, you got to cram a lot. It's tough. Yeah. You know, you get a couple, couple questions and then you have to, uh, yeah. And I'm also not, uh, on camera right now. So I'm not wearing makeup. I'm not nervous. I'm not visibly sweating. Did Uh, Did you have to wear makeup? Oh yeah. It was the whole deal. 
Damn. It was kind of, I mean, it was kind of fun. Um, yeah. But it was, yeah, I was nervous because it's like I can't, you don't have uh, room for error. Right. <laughs> well, my issue is having no TV experience, really, that no one's even really listening to you. They're more of like, we only have 30 seconds. Right. And we're going to cut this person off in the middle of their impassioned Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I knew when I was happy to keep it as short as possible, but there is a certain amount of kind of, hey, so what's going on? And then you kind of talk and then it's like, terrific. All right. And that, you know, and it is for kinda, sure. And that's fine. I don't you know, whatever. Well, this is a safe place. Um, so before, you know, my, uh, to be honest, like, yes, my introduction and really only real sort of <laughs> friendship is not the right word. Uh, my knowledge of John Mahoney comes from Frasier. That's mm-hmm. where it all started for me. But um, I do know that he has an acting background as or a theater, a theater yep. acting background. I pulled up what I consider to be fun facts about him because I know he was a human being, not just a character on That's TV. Right. So. Some fun facts about John Mahoney. He was born in Blackpool, England. Mm-hmm. I did know that not for many years that he was actually, I guess, technically British, mm-hmm. um, which explains to me why he did such a good impression of Daphne Moon on the show. That does. That's actually, yeah. It comes from a place of being British. Uh, I enjoyed him. and He was in Moonstruck. Have you seen Moonstruck, Patrick? Long time ago. Yeah. I thought he had a nice, not a huge part, but mostly to me seemed like Martin Crane, except in this movie with Cher. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, the one I think of him more from, and I don't know if I'm spoiling one of your upcoming facts, but he was also he was also the dad and say anything, wasn't he? That's I. You're not ruining it. Um, okay. I think I did know that. I've only seen that movie once. Yeah, he's uh, he's Diane Court's dad, who's also like running a scam on nursing home people or something. I think is he like bad? In he's the movie? not. Well, he's not bad, but it's like a weird thing. Well, I mean, that's not good. But there's something about him where like, or he's like fudging their finances or something like that, where like. He wants Lloyd out of her life, but mm-hmm. Lloyd finds out about they have like a weird. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I don't. Remember, I, don't I don't remember that well, but I remember there being some weird financial stress. Um, yeah. Well, I can top that fun fact because mm-hmm. I just learned this from Wikipedia, where I got all of this uh, today. He provided the voice for several characters in the movie Ants. Did you know that? I did not know that. I've never seen Ants. Several. Several. I have. Unfortunately, I also just have a strong dislike of. Uh, animated films about insects Mm -hmm. you've got ants you've got b movie you've got a bug's life i have no interest i don't care about bugs yeah i mean i remember ants i think ants is considered to be better than bug's life because bug's life is considered to be not maybe the best of the pixar and even though it was one of the early ones Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people think ants is better ants is weird because i think it's woody allen right i didn't even know that and why is it spelled with a z what's that about yeah i don't know but but it's But it's supposed to be, apparently it's actually funny. I mean, I I don't think it's like a, it's not a Woody Allen movie because he's not like dating a 14 year old girl aunt. Sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it's him. Maybe I'm just complete. But anyway, B movie is a whole different weird thing. Sure. Because like, they like, there's like a love interest between the B and the, and the woman. Did you know, you haven't seen this. No, I have not. I haven't seen any of these. Yeah. I think like you. So you can spoil them all you want. I think like the big the big animating plot in B movie, uh, like the the overarching plot is that um, Barry the Bee, who is Jerry Seinfeld, mm-hmm. is like a young bee who's like just graduating from whatever you know bee, bee college school, or whatever. Course. Yeah, and then gets out in the world, and then he decides to sue humans for taking all their honey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it actually ends up in court somehow. I don't. So you know, okay. I don't know. Anyway, and you know what. Sounds I'm, fun though, right? I, like a kid's sounds movie. Sounds really fun. Yeah, <laughs> love that. And I love to build relationships with humans and uh, 
bees. Yeah, I think he's like deal. I think he's like her like boyfriend starts to get jealous of the bee and like puts him under a glass at one point or something. I, I, I it's been a long time since I've seen a bee movie, but it's again, not really for kids. Like, no. what are we, what's going on here? Well, that was my fun fact about ants. We've learned a lot about uh, movies with insects in them. Um, but I would say there have been some greater highlights for John Mahoney, including he won a Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in a Play for his performance in John Guare's The House of Blue Leaves. He also did theater in Chicago and, according to Wikipedia, was encouraged to join the Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago by John Malkovich. Mm. He did so and went on to win the Clarence Derwent Award as the most promising male newcomer. So he's he was very he was very accomplished. And this was exciting to me because I'm a Simpsons fan. In 2007, he provided the voice of Dr. Robert Terlwilliger, senior Sideshow Bob's father. Yeah, because they had no every, they had everybody. Um, I know Sideshow Mel. Yeah, Niles. So, yeah, so they they had them all on there at one point. Yeah. So. Um, Unfortunately, I cannot go back in time and somehow watch him in theater because it's not on TV anywhere, but I'm sure I would have loved it. Um, So I was thinking about, uh, well, before I get into all of the things that I wrote down, because apparently I had many thoughts on Martin Crane. Mm -hmm. um, Would you say there's like a favorite plot line of yours, a favorite episode of like anything or a quality? What do you you think uh, is Martin Crane's best quality? Um, well, as a character, I think he's like, he's very valuable and obviously important, especially early on because like before they established kind of the whole like Niles thing, you know, cause it's like when you're just starting the show, you don't really know kind of what you think about any of the characters mm-hmm. and like you kind of like Niles just being another, you need somebody to kind of constantly be undercutting the sort of self-seriousness sure. of Frasier and Niles. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. He's like the audience surrogate kind of. And he's also like an important uh, character for the plot. Like the first episode is about him moving in and all that kind of, you know, that's like right. a whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I like that. You know, I, let's see. I like the one with the, where the bar is closing. That's one that's from the, or one of the early seasons. Very early on. Yes. Um, where they, and then I like the one with, um, they go on the road trip. Those are like my two that I think of. I mean, that's not as much of a him centric one, but when they go across the border by accident and they have to smuggle Daphne back in. That's right. You're reminding me actually that there are multiple episodes in one of those or the road warrior. Cause yeah. eventually he ends up buying his own, but yes, there's an early season where Daphne accidentally, uh, they go to Canada. Then there's another episode where, uh, Martin, they're they're going on a trip. I forgot where in the Road Warrior, and then Martin gets obsessed with the movie Austin Powers. Sure. So he keeps quoting the movie, and then ac- Niles accidentally gets into the wrong uh, giant van. What are those called? Winnebago. That's it. He got into RV. the wrong. He got into the wrong RV and Not Winnebago RV. Comedy ensues. Then there's another episode where Martin, Niles, and Fraser all try and celebrate the year 2000 right Mm -hmm. by driving in the Winnebago uh, to a different country or a different time zone so that they can make it to ring in the new year or something. Anyway, I'm a big fan of the three of them bonding, but my big thing that I really love about Martin as a character is I find him to be the moral compass of that show. Like in that he's got some great, 
I have a lot of sections. I, I don't even know if we're going to get to all of them, but uh-huh. I was very excited about this topic. So like just listeners, uh, here's what I have broken down. I could really write a, a paper about this. I have a section in my outline called best monologues that happened in the kitchen because mm-hmm. there's a few of those. Yep, yep. Then just non-kitchen monologues as in monologues, Martin Crane, a uh, has you know sort of things he's talked about that have been very special to me in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got best moments where he commands a room or commands his sons. Uh, then I've got best comedic moments. Then I've got best advice moments, and then I just have love moments where he really shows that he loves his sons. Sure. Um, but I want to start with my favorite thing that he does, which are monologues. I brought an example for you. This one's not in the kitchen, but there's an episode. And this is this is when I think about the show and why, why are there so many great monologues? I think it's because there's so many people, actors from that show that started out in theater. Mm-hmm. The whole show has like a very theatrical vibe yeah, for like, me. Yeah, yeah. But you've got uh, in season one, uh, there's an episode called Give Him the Chair, where Frazier tries to replace his green chair yep. with like a leather one. And he has to get it back. Then he loses the chair. Yep. Yes. So then I'm going to play this. So it's very short. Um, but essentially Frazier and, uh, and Martin are fighting about why this chair is so important to him. Mm-hmm. Here we go. If you don't like this chair, I'll get you another one. Any chair you want. Really? All right, I'll tell you what chair I want. I want the chair I was sitting in when I watched Neil Armstrong take his first step on the moon. And when the U.S. hockey team beat the Russians in the 80 Olympics. I want the chair I was sitting in the night you called me to tell me I had a grandson. I want the chair I was in all those nights when your mother used to wake me up with a kiss after I'd fallen asleep in front of the television. You know, I still fall asleep in it. And every once in a while, when I wake up, I still expect your mother to be there ready to lead me off to bed. Oh, never mind. It's only a chair. Heavy stuff. Yeah. Not exactly sitcom stuff. Well, that's the thing. A lot to me, a lot of his greatest moments are not funny. Yeah. And that's actually why, honestly, I love the show. It's very funny, but it's extremely heartfelt. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, he's got several monologues like that. Like he, um, if we're going to move into kitchen monologues, (laughs) feel free to stop me at any time. Uh, Specifically, there's an episode uh, later on, season seven, where Niles and Maris are in the process of getting divorced. It gets really ugly. And then she accuses him of having been in love with Daphne while they were married, solely based on them going to a ball together and dancing seductively. So then Frazier's going to have to lie under oath that Mm -hmm. they were never in love. And then... He's talking to Martin about it, and Martin's like, sometimes it's okay to lie under oath. And then he has this monologue about this guy who was swinging, who he was trying to arrest when he was a cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't redo it because I'm not Martin Crane. <laughs> um, but yes, that was a great monologue. Separately, another great kitchen monologue comes from the episode Three Dates and a Breakup from season four. In this episode, he breaks up with Sherry. Do you remember Sherry? She's Sherry, the cop, right? No. Oh, that was Maureen played by Jane Kismarek. Right. Mom from Malcolm in the Middle. 
Sherry uh, was a woman that Niles and Frazier did not like very much. She was oh, very yes. much the one they compared like to Mae West. The, the, like the redhead? Like, yeehaw, like yeah, a yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, fun yeah. cowboy lady. I don't know. I remember Cowgirl. Yeah. But um, they break up because basically he freaks out because they say, I love you to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's very, um, it's very emotional for him, I believe. I wrote down the quote. No, I didn't. Um, but essentially he says something along the lines of, oh, and when they're fighting in the kitchen, he breaks a plate because Fraser's like, I want to talk about this. And he's like, I said, that's enough. And then he breaks a plate. It's really, uh, mm-hmm. it's a powerful moment. Um, but we can move on from monologues. Well, he brings, you know, that, that's true. I mean, he, he it's um, that kind of thing draws people in more, I think as like a, you know, that's not just like purely kind of uh, like always sunny is a great show for instance, mm-hmm. but you don't feel like a lot of emotional connection to these people because they're all Awful. sociopaths right. and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and as opposed to this, we're like, you know, yeah, you do, you generally, they are overall good people, you know, sure. you kind of have, you know, yeah. So I think that's, that is a difference that, you know, and it's not the sort of outsider perspective on Frasier is that it's like just people like, sitting at the wrong seats at dinner parties and like, you know, uh, drinking sherry and then, you know, all that kind of like, like just farce with no sort of actual backing to it. Like mm-hmm. pure sort of, uh, Oscar Wilde or like, you know, uh, Noel Coward stuff with no like emotional underpinning, which is not the case. So now there are some very, including you, sometimes people say things that I don't know. And I feel like there's a lot of smart people that have been on this podcast can you give me any sort, just some short? I want to be honest and tell you I don't know much about Noel Coward. Yeah, I mean, he? I'm speaking. He's a um, like a playwright or oh, a, okay. And then I think he's a player. I don't Christ. This is like English major stuff from like now. This is going to be like 17 years ago when I probably did this. <laughs> but um, I could look him up. But but it's it's like um, he's written. I'm trying to think of a lot of them are made into movies. Okay. Um, and. It's just like, it's just like, you know, like just farce the way that you would like, you know, like, the, like picture like the ski house episode. Right. The ski lodge. Just, yeah. just like that. But like everything is like, you know what I mean? There's never like a serious thing. It's mm-hmm, all like mm-hmm. very, you know, that's my sort of uh, back of the um, uh, Cliff's Notes version of Noel Coward. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I wish you had been my English teacher, you know, <laughs> what I wish I had gotten more of from teachers was some nice quick summaries. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. It's it's best to uh, you know with kids these days um, and all that. That's right. I'm so old that we didn't have um, nobody had uh, computers in the class. In yeah, college. we didn't have computers. Yeah, apparently that's We're like not that much. Apparently everyone, ha- apparently everyone has that. I don't know. Yeah. See, I'm glad that they, those weren't around, and yeah. I didn't have a cell phone until I was 19. Okay. So I already had like I I had and still have a pretty bad attention span. Very bad student. When I say bad, I mean average. Like probably a two point seven mm-hmm. kind of student. Mm-hmm. Uh, very hard for me to concentrate. Always constantly drifting off. I just don't understand how are currently how are teachers like how are, how do they know the students are actually looking? That's very frightening because they me. try to ban phones, but they can't because the parents don't want them to be banned in case something happens or whatever. They want the kids to have their phones in case they have to contact somebody or whatever, or, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely um, like when I got to, when I went to grad school, like everyone had laptops. That's because they were taking notes. Like it was like actually impo- like the nature of the 
classes was such that it was needed. But um, yeah, I guess people in college or even in high school now that I mean, and, and yeah, when I, I was out of school before the iPhone even came out, no, I was almost out of school before the iPhone came out out of grad school. And it was like having that in school would have just been like, well, I'm not going to pay attention to anything now. I'm just going to look at this. You know what I mean? Like that's so I don't know how kids do it. I mean, I never had I always felt left out of this, but uh, I never had the Nokia. That was to me when things started oh, to can, really like the candy bar phone. That's right. That's yeah. when things really started to pop off to me with the phones. Yeah. Get your get yourself a cool case to go with the Nokia. Yeah. Didn't really have a function. Yeah. Yeah. So if phones were like that, snake. we like a what? But you could play snake. That was the game everyone wanted oh, to play. I didn't know that. That was like the thing with like the snake eating the little dots. Could you do that on a graph? Uh, what is it? A graphing calculator? Yeah, they had it on there too. I, think. I mean, it's an old arcade game, but they, but Nokia, like that was like their, like one of the key things they had was like that was built into every phone. You could play mm-hmm. Snake. So in addition to monologues, I think uh, Martin, because he's the old man on the, by the way, it is so scary and weird to me. Cause like when I think of him as the dad, I think of him as this very elderly man. Yeah. Like I'm like in my head, I'm talking like, Late seventies. Yeah, what is he like? Ten years older than dude. Kelsey he Grammer? was sixty, like sixty. At least on the show, he says he's in his sixties. Yeah, my dad's in his sixties, and I'm like, oh my god, and you don't have white hair and a cane. Yeah, I also think that he was playing older than he was too. Like as an definitely actor. because when he passed away, he was seventy seven. Yeah, so he was and white. that was what two years ago. Yeah, so yeah, he must have been what in his fifties, maybe. I can't do math. I think it was, yeah. And he was playing somebody who had children who were like in their 30s at the the youngest. Yeah, I'm guessing it was a- Late 30s, 40s. Yeah, I'm guessing it was a Estelle Getty situation. Though she was actually younger, I believe, than some of the Golden Girls. Oh, yeah. it's Yeah, it's like, or it's like um, Max von Sydow, like the guy, uh, Max von Sydow from The Exorcist, who like, he played, uh, he's the old priest in that, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. he's like aged way up in that. Oh, really? The first thing I remember him from was that when I was like younger- and so it would like freak. He's like he's like around the age that he was in, supposed to be in The Exorcist now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like he's still like a working actor, and he'll end, he's in stuff, and he's just like, was this guy like super old in like the late seventies? Like no, he was just wearing makeup and, and his yeah, hair was yeah. dyed or whatever. They put I don't know what they did back then, put baby powder in his hair or something to make him look old. Baby powder works. Yeah, um, you look like you're an antique, you're dusty. Also, I don't know if this is anything that men have to worry about because your hair's short. But like with women, there's dry shampoo. You can also use baby powder when your hair is oily. Oh yeah. Just letting you know, if for some reason you've got to go a week without uh, washing your hair, yeah, throw some baby powder in there. Okay. Well, there we go. It's I, learned, I, learned, I learned something today. That's right. I learned something else today. Well, you're about to learn even more because um, I want to talk about good Martin Crane advice. Mm-hmm. He's very wise. For coming from there's definitely there were some weird like one of the weird things that definitely fell off. Uh, plot wise was when there's an episode where he has a crush on Daphne's friend who is Asian and he gets all creepy because he's like yeah there were she reminds me of the girls I met in the war that was so creepy yeah yeah, I remember that but I'd like to think that that was just like a bad decision made by a writer yeah I refuse to um, believe that that was the kind of creepy guy that he was yeah but that sometimes, look, sometimes they take a shot with a character and they do something that you wouldn't like. It's like in the OC when Sandy Cohen uh, like almost cheats on Kirsten. Oh, man. I need to go back and rewatch with, like, that. With like his like 
former law partner, some whatever. They're like working late at night and they're eating the Chinese food the way that all lawyers end up <laughs> sure. working, you know. Right. Sitting on the floor of the conference room or whatever. And then like he like she like kisses him and for a second it looks and it's like, No, don't do this is Sandy Cohen. Don't do that. you know, she can do you know, and then she ended up cheating on him later anyway, <gasps> Kirsten. Oh my but God. like uh, you know, don't don't you don't have to do this. You know, right. find another plot, you know, or do it in a like he could yeah, like like Martin could have the crush without mm-hmm. commenting that he reminds me of the when I was in the war. Right. That's weird. That's know? weird. Very weird. Um Yeah, I don't know. I mean yeah. You're a lawyer. I am. Aren't you? Mm-hmm. Have you ever sat on the floor eating Chinese food? That's I've never seen that happen before ever. Okay. Anything like that. Do you ever do um because I really don't know any lawyers other than the ones from Law and Order SVU. Sure. After a great case, do you sit in the office and drink like whiskey neat? Yeah, no. Not not in my experience. Dang. Yeah. Doesn't uh, sound fun. It's not. <laughs> it's generally not. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. I, not I, in the way that yeah, no. I, w- I wouldn't describe it as fun. I mean, it's a job. Right. You know? I, I mean, I take it back. I'm trying to think if I ever thought any job was fun. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. That you. That's that's the. So I actually uh, did some temp work at a hedge fund, uh-huh. and what was very scary to me is I still don't know what they were doing. I like they sit on Excel all day. I don't know. Like they a lot of like half of the it, they were all in a big room. Yep. And it very much looked like the whole setup in Wolf of Wall Street. Yep. Like like one giant monitor, three guys on a headset, and they spent I had to order lunch for thirteen people. Mm-hmm. Guess how much it cost? It was frightening. I was appalled. I'm just gonna go easy and say thirteen hundred dollars. No, six fifty though. Okay. That's bananas. Yeah, it's a lot. Who needs that? The and everything, money's not real. And 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 the like, what I had to do was so odd to me, which was everything had to be just so. Specifically, when the food came out, I had to make sure all the containers were off mm-hmm. because God forbid you work at a hedge fund and you have to open the container to your takeout food. Yeah, I'd be embarrassed if I. Yeah, I've never worked in a situation where you get you know that level of sort of. I don't know. It's Maybe like one, it's like it's like the the Showtime original series Billions, which is oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. I've seen one clip of it, and it was Paul Giamatti yelling at somebody, um, and he was spitting a lot. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, get the fuck out of here! Right. Yeah. The spitting um, is something that I've noticed uh, in the last fifteen years mm-hmm. uh, to sort of add some level of good acting mm-hmm. to the mix because I do find that like. There's definitely a lot of people who cannot fake cry. I think TV and actors and actresses have tried to fool me by going like this. Like, oh, sorry, listeners. Right now I'm pretending to wipe away tears that aren't there. Yeah. So there's not even any tears. So now what I feel like people have done, and I've seen this in crying scenes as well, is a lot of drooling and salivating. And frankly, uh, in any uh, in times that I have sobbed, I've never felt myself drooling. Um, I can't say that I have either. That's right. So anyway, um, not to shit on Paul Giamatti, I do think he's a great actor. The show's good. It's crazy. It's crazy. It knows it's crazy, but it's it's once it once it um once it stopped trying to be like a prestige TV show, which mm. it was for like a lot of the first season, mm-hmm. and just kind of leaned into being a little bit wacky and kind of you know it's much more fun and it's much better. It's much more self aware right. than it was originally. Well, maybe I need to give Billy. Well, wait, I don't have Showtime. I can't watch <laughs> it. Uh, never mind. <laughs> uh, so. 
so, so, so Martin Crane has some good advice. Uh, specifically, um, I pulled a quote from, there's an episode where it's called Roz's turn when Roz, uh, is auditioning to host her own talk show. Yep. So she uses, uh, the Crane family as her sort of test subjects for her show. That's going to be about like sex, dating and romance. So she asks Martin, I'm just going to read this quote. He asks Martin, um, tell me tricks you use to impress women. And he says, Hmm, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Roz, but I really don't know any tricks. I mean, if a woman agreed to go out with me, I'd, I'm not, uh, I'm not there to impress her or to play cool. I'm there because I want to know her, what she thinks, what she likes. So if I'm lucky enough to get another date, I can plan something that I know she'd like to do. I guess I'm still old fashioned, but I think you should treat a woman like a queen. And then Roz and Daphne sigh and look at each other knowingly. Mm. That's some old, that's some old school. He definitely had a Sinatra charm vibe to me. Mm. Um, And which is why another one of my favorite episodes is when he tries to write a song Oh God! And yeah. submit it to Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the first clip, actually. After he passed away, the first clip that I immediately put on my Twitter mm-hmm. was uh, when uh, at the end of the episode, I believe, like uh, Frazier's aunt dies or something, so he doesn't know what to say at her funeral. So instead, he ends up singing the song that Martin Crane wrote which I starts, you're such a groovy lady. That's all I remember. Something. Yes. And uh, it was fantastic. Um, what else does he give advice about? He, he's, he, he's good at, um, his big thing is that he's like, so much of their problems are very weird and specialized and mm-hmm. sort of in this weird rarefy. And he just cut through a lot of the sort of layers of bullshit. And it's just like, that's you right. know, you get to like what the actual issue is and whether what the right and wrong is as opposed to, you know, um, and that's sort of it's believable in a way that it might not be in a lot of other things mm-hmm. um, because it's just kind of like, oh, wow, the wise old guy knows, every, you know, but it's like it's because he's not his brain isn't cluttered up with all this other crap. Like he's able right. to kind of, you know, just. uh Yeah. So he really cuts to the core. Yeah. And what's I don't know if ironic is the right word. But Fraser and Niles, whose jobs it is to help people, seemingly are the ones that are self-obsessed and worrying about things that don't matter. Well, it's like when they tried to write the book. They don't know anything about oh, what they do. Right. That's right. They, don't, they can't even come up with like a paragraph about what it takes to be. Well, first Niles couldn't write it, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, we're going to do it together. Yeah, that's the idea. And then they basically end up almost killing each other because they have no idea how to even describe what they do for a living. Another classic episode. Yeah. Um, and actually that's... Uh, there's a few episodes and a few moments where essentially uh, Martin and Frazier and Niles sort of revert back to like when they get in a fight, there's certain things that Martin would do for them growing up that would make them feel better. So there's an episode where uh, Niles finds out he's going to get eaten alive during his divorce. Mm -hmm. Frazier ends up not getting to have sex with the woman he wanted to have sex with, which is usually a common problem for him. Yep. So they're both very upset. Still does a lot better than you would think that he would. I know. Yeah, like, like he dates multiple models yeah. on this show. Which it's, like is si- like, it's like Seinfeld in that way. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's very like, okay, what's, what are we, what's going on here? It's very hard to believe. Um, but at the end of that episode, Martin takes them out for ice cream, mm. which I thought was nice. Um, there's also a moment where Frazier and Niles are in a fight over something that happened at wine club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Frazier shows up to wine club with Niles or with Frazier and says, 
let your brother play. And they're talking about wine club, but he's speaking to them as if they're um, little boys, (laughs) Um, which in a way they are. Uh, We all all are. We're all all the same when it comes down to it. We're all the same person inside, no matter how much we look like we're an adult. um, Yeah. Well, and so the other thing, I think a reason I really like him too is uh, I tend to compare my own life to relationships from like TV shows Mm because I watch a lot of TV. And I would like to think that I have a similar relationship with my dad. I'm very close, except we don't fight as much. They have some very intense like yelling fights. Yeah. Frazier and and Martin. Um, but they always seem to sort of wrap things up in a nice TV way at the end. Right. Where they realize they've both overreacted. Which yeah, is really I feel nice. like if we had a multi, multi-episode multi arc of them being mad at each other, it would really stress people out too much. It would not be. Absolutely. It's not what you want. It's not why you watch these shows. I, I agree. Um, so I know I've been talking a lot about heartfelt moments, but he's had some really great comedic moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that surprised me late into the show from, I think the last season was when he accidentally gets high. Do you remember him accidentally getting high? I do remember this. Yes. And what I, and it might be, uh, cause I very much believe that he is his character. I just thought it was good acting. Yeah. Like, you know, Speaking from experience, <laughs> I was watching the way he acts and he's very sort of, you know, he's hungry. <laughs> yep. He's talking slow. It's very believable. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, he he was in the theater scene in Chicago. I'm sure he's familiar with the uh, the the various side effects of these things. Um, but, yeah, it's funny to think like that was late in the, in the series because that was not like something that was like shocking. Like, you know, in a way that, you know, it's like funny and not. There's no like moral baggage to it the way there might have been like like 1994 or something. You know what I mean? Like, right. Times changed because uh, Bill Clinton admitted. Or no, he said he he smoked, but he didn't inhale. That was, I believe, what, Is he, that said. what he said. I, I think that's what he said. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was a a good defense. It's like a cigar. You know, you never get it into your lungs or something. I don't know. That was his. That was his big excuse. Now it's like you have uh, Kamala Harris saying, you know, uh, I was like, yeah, I used to, you know, and oh, to sound talking cool. about how much she used to smoke with. Um, while listening to music by artists that did not put out music uh, while she was in college. And they didn't do that until like 10 years later or whatever. I get it. Everyone's trying to catch up to AOC. Times do change. Now people want to be seen to have smoked pot, whether or not they actually have. That's Um, cool. Even if they spent, (laughs) they made their bones putting people that had pot in jail for, uh, you know, however long. You know, that is one thing I would have loved to see uh, on that show. Because in the episode where he accidentally gets high, I think Niles does as well. Yeah. But not Frazier. I would have loved to see him high. Frazier strikes me as like a Coke guy, though, you know? Interesting. Well, he was, he, in real Kelsey life Grammer too, right. was a Coke That's guy. probably why. But also, like, just like a, yeah, I don't know. I, I could see it too. It just seems like a little bit more his, you know, he's in entertainment. He's, you know, right. that's a little more. Uh, and he's always very high energy and yeah, fast yeah, yeah. talking and yeah. trying to get a lot done. Yeah. Which I guess matches up with cocaine to me. Cocaine, and now I'm speaking from zero experience with cocaine, and mostly just from TV shows that I've seen. Again, uh, it doesn't seem like a drug where you would like chill, you know? Like you're like, you know what? I want to sit back, watch, uh, what's that movie with Paul Giamatti about wine? Sideways. Watch Sideways and do a line of coke, you know? They just don't go together. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think uh, from it's people stay up all night making plans about businesses they're going to start and stuff like okay. that. That's my maybe that's my, like working at a hedge fund. No, like let's open a bar or let's start a band oh, or wow. that kind of thing. And it's like we'll, we'll just do one more or whatever. And then it's like and then I'll end up going through a whole bag and it will be uh, six a.m. and they will have made all these plans. Damn, that's, that's uh, not genuinely not speaking for personal experience. That's just stories I've heard that are very funny from people that uh, are in that. It sounds scene. believable yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, it's like how you watch on like TV when like a mom does speed or something by accident. She's like lifting up the couch to vacuum, you know, like that, like, like that, like trope where it turns into like a superhuman. Mm -hmm. um, There's a great, actually, you're reminding me of, uh, I watched, uh, first there was the movie, then they turned it into a TV show. Uh, the show or this movie on the Lifetime Network starring Jennifer Love Hewitt um, as a masseuse who was secretly a hooker. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, what's What was it? A client list, right? Yes, it was a client list. So her the storyline is that her husband was a football player, but like gets an injury or something. So he's out of work. So she's got to start bringing home the bacon. Oh, I thought I thought it was like a Madoff thing. I thought it was like a hedge fund or something like that. It was like somebody got scammed out of their money or something. It might have been a combo, but I know he played yeah, yeah. football. So then she's she has to do everything. Suddenly she has to be super mom. Yep. And I believe one of her clients uh, at the masseuse place does give her cocaine. She's got to stay up all night and make a gingerbread house or cupcakes for a bake sale for her kids. So she does coke and manages to pull it off. Yeah. I believe that fits into the trope With you're talking no about. No negative effects ever. So of there course you go. not. Perfect. No. Now, <laughs> I know this isn't the topic, but I am curious. What is the difference between speed and coke, or is speed code for coke? No, speed is speed is <laughs> speed is amphetamines, is my understanding. I don't actually uh -oh. know, but uh, like I don't. I, I, maybe there's maybe it's a broader thing, but no, I think speed. I mean, they're both uppers, so they have similar effects. But speed is like um, like like Adderall and stuff like that is is technically amphetamines. Like I, that's like that's mm -hmm. so that would be I guess depending on how you want to call it that is speed. Because okay. people take that recreationally or like, okay. or like they'll take it to stay up and finish a paper in college, you know, that sure. kind of thing. So it's the same kind of idea. Uh-huh. Last drug question. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what about angel dust? <laughs> Cause I remember that's PCP, right? I don't know, I man. Think that's PCP. I just remember, uh, learning just about so many drugs, uh, when I was like in third grade. Yeah. Stuff to stay away from. That you never would have heard of otherwise. Angel dust? Yeah. I, like, I just, I still think that no one in the class also knew what anyone was talking yeah. about. It's like, stay away from uh, uh, Jenkum and Crocodile and all these things that are, uh, there's like a new fad drug. I know what Jenkum is. Well, crocodile is like a, it's like a, some drug in like Russia that like, they call it Crocodile because it makes your skin where you inject it like all scaly and it starts to like <gasps> rot off. Ew. But again, it's not one of those things that's like designed to scare American parents because like nobody here is doing Crocodile. It's like some- What's know, it made out of? I don't know. Okay. I, I don't, I, I mean, I don't, yeah. But, but Angel Dust is PCP, I think. And PCP, I don't know anything about other than like it, I think it makes you like, superhuman and like it's harder for cops to kill you or something. I think it's one of those things. Wow. You'll hear like stories about like a guy who like needed four cops to like tackle him or something because he was on PCP. Okay. It sounds like it should be called the superhero drug. Though yeah. I would, I wouldn't, maybe that's bad because then it would make it sound like it was cool. Right. I, th I think, I think in terms of urban legend um, tropes and that kind of thing, it's sort of similar to what, remember when bath salts were like a thing a few yeah. years ago? I think that and PCP were sort of similar. They have similar um, 
perception of what it turns you into if you do it. Sure. Uh, eating a homeless man's face, right. for instance. Okay, this is a fun game for me. So I'd like to lean into this. I'm curious, now that you've said that you think Fraser would be a Coke guy, I can totally see it. I'd love to run through the characters in uh-huh. that case. Um, so then if Niles is similar to his brother, would you also say he's a Coke guy? Yeah, I think so. Like they I, would do lines of Coke together while maybe, writing the book? Maybe, or maybe they would both secretly do it and not let the other one know they do it because they don't want them to, they don't want to psychoanalyze each other into why they do it or whatever. Sure. Like that. I think it would actually be very dangerous because they're so competitive yeah. that I feel like they would try and out-Coke each other. Mm. By who could do that's more a good coke. episode. They both have they, they have to they both like run into each other at the op, uh, at mm-hmm. the same guy at their guy or whatever or the guy mixes up Doctor Crane's orders or something. Yeah, because um, it's obviously two Doctor Cranes. I mean, I uh, obviously since learning that there might be some sort of continuation of the show, have had you know many thoughts on like what would be the next version or whatever. But I haven't thought about a darker one that's not in front of a studio audience. Yeah. That's maybe on Showtime or HBO <laughs> where people are doing hard drugs. Yeah. I mean like Niles, you know, after the divorce, you know, he Daphne's obviously not bringing a ton of money on her own. His, his practice is in trouble. All the money came from Maris in the first place. That's true. So he starts just uh, writing out scripts to, you know, people that are, you know, drug seeking people and, you know, hoping he doesn't lose his license. That's right. There you go. Now, Daphne, I think I know what drug she would do. I think she would do mushrooms. Oh, because she's like hippy dippy kind of. She's, so she's she has, psychic. Right. And she says some pretty kooky things. Yeah. Do you agree or disagree? On I think the it mushrooms? would be some kind of natural thing like, I was going to just say pop, but yeah, you're probably right. But something along the mushrooms every once in a while, maybe. I think I think Roz would definitely smoke weed. Yeah, she's pretty chill. Yeah, so I could see it. What about, yeah, what about Daphne uh, uh, convincing Niles to do mushrooms? There's an episode right there. Oh man, yeah. I mean, honestly, maybe what they do is like what they did with the. Uh, are you familiar with the Gilmore Girls at all? I'm aware of. I've never seen it, but I'm aware of it. Well, I I won't go into detail. I'll just tell you that it was a show. Then yep. they did. The new episodes. So what they did was- And everyone hated the new episodes. Mostly, yeah. Yeah. Mostly. And unfortunately, there's definitely some things I disliked about it. I don't see them doing another season. Though maybe in like 10 years. It's usually, unfortunately, I feel like it's always motivated these continuations when everyone's careers are like never going to get better. Yeah. That's what it feels like And it's like the nostalgia thing builds up where it becomes enough of a- And it's like then people, for some reason- think it's going to be as good as it was and they realize, oh no, but it's like too late. Yeah. I mean, that's happening a lot now. Right. Well, so for uh, Gilmore Girls, they did just four long episodes Mm -hmm. and each one was a different season. So it was like a year with the Gilmore Girls. So there was like fall. It was kind of weird. But now I think, hey, maybe they could do this with with Frasier, but just drugs, you know, (laughs) your cocaine episode, your mushroom episode. I don't know if Joe Keenan would go for this. Yeah. Well, like a, Frazier uh, and Niles start a podcast. Uh, uh, Niles uh, gets big on Twitch for some reason. I'm just thinking of modern things. Sure. Now, you know, Millennial Frazier. Just like the Seinfeld 2000, but for but for Frazier. Right. There's, I'm actually, um, what is it called? I don't know. There's definitely a few. Do you follow any like- Niles on TikTok. I don't know what people do. Young people. I don't know what's I don't know what on. TikTok is. It's like a, I don't know. It's like a- Vertical video, like singing thing, you like lip sync or something. I don't know. I don't know. All right, so you're more caught up than I am. I'm hip as hell. Um, 
so I do want to bring up, I realize I we've gotten into drug territory, which I don't regret, but <laughs> I, um, I would love to, I can't not talk about Martin's best comedic moments. Sure. Um, so probably very high up on the list other than him being high because it's one of my favorite episodes, the ski lodge, the ski, the ski lodge is a great episode. I thought he had a great part in that show or that episode in that he's right outside of the chaos of that plot line. Yep. And he's the one causing a lot of what happened in the first place. He's the one that can't hear out of one ear. Right. So he's accidentally giving off information that is incorrect. You know, Daphne or no, uh, I forgot her friend's name. The hot blonde yep. is hot for Frasier, but no, he's not. He's actually hot for Niles. Right. And then at the end, I think his hearing comes back. And that's sort of the whole thing. So basically, I just summarized the episode for you, but I thought it was a great Boom. comedic moment for him. There's uh, another episode where- I like when he dyes his hair. I was. Did you say? know I was about to say? No. Truly, truly was about to say that. It was literally next on my list. I love when he dyes his hair. Yeah. Is that the same one with the bird or is that a different one? Um, it's a, it's a, it's like a, they have like a singles party at the house or no, it's an open, open house for the condo or something. So they do. I get those kind of mixed up. Right. There are multiple overlapping, similar plot lines. The bird one is just a dinner party. The bird one is not this one. There are two different bird episodes. (laughs) There's one episode where the bird gets stuck on Niles' head right, while a, he's trying to impress the condo board. Right. Separately from that, there's an episode where the bird dies. Okay. Uh, like on uh, Daphne's earring or a ring or something. Chokes? Chokes. I think the bird chokes on something. Now, what you're talking about, I believe, is an episode where they do have a singles party. Uh, and I believe it's the episode where Roz goes into labor. I think that's right. So they end up all having to leave. Yeah. But he, but yes, Martin looks, that that was actually a great example of how much worse it can be when you're trying to fight your age. Yeah. Because the hair made him look so fucking old. And he's like sweating and it was like running a little bit, I think was part of, part of the gag. That's and all right. That. He got um, it on the chair. Got on the chair. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He panicked and had to sit back down. Yeah. That's right. And he had, and he made the lady get him a drink and she was like, well, I guess. All she right. tried. Yeah. And then she lost her earring and then he left. Yeah. He definitely catches the eye of many a younger lady. Yeah. On the show. Like he ends up, he lives happily ever after with Wendy Malick who, if you remember how they met in the first place, she was uh, Frasier and Niles's babysitter. Yep. So that always kind of weirded me out. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I like when he um, pretends to be an astronaut. So this is when Niles's old boyfriend Clive shows up to win Daphne back after yep. many years uh then she make she doesn't want to marry him or get back together with him uh so then she just makes up a bunch of stuff that she's married to niles and then for some reason just because he wants to make things more difficult he pretends he's an astronaut That's right, yeah. martin crane does yeah and then separately from that there's an episode that was pretty funny definitely weird uh when he pretends that he's gay so he doesn't have to go out with an, a woman at the opera Mm. who is there with her daughter and the daughter is interested in Frasier. That's actually a very sweet episode. In that episode, it's Valentine's Day. They go back to uh, Frasier's apartment uh, 
that's when he finds out that this guy that's there is also gay and they're trying to set them up together. Then he pretends that Niles is his boyfriend. Then Niles pretends to break up with him. And then I thought this was a very sweet gesture. Uh, The uncle of the woman ends up, he needs a ride home. So then Niles, or sorry, so Martin uh, drives him home so that he can have some alone alone time with the the lady from the opera. Mm -hmm. And it was another example of the love that he has for his two sons. Um, I think you brought up this episode where he says, I love you in the cabin. Uh, Or maybe you didn't. No. That's another heartfelt episode. Yeah, yeah. Early on, Frazier realizes and is suddenly bothered by the fact that he's never heard his dad say I love you mm-hmm. to him. So then they go to uh, they go on an ice fishing ice fishing trip, lose their keys, all get really drunk, and then finally he says I love you. Oh. Another great monologue <laughs> happens in um Something Borrowed Part 1. There the so Kate Winslet uh, not Kate Winslet, uh, <laughs> Kate Hudson, uh, Jennifer Goodwin movie, Something Borrowed. I've never seen that film. A rom-com? Yeah. I figured. Once you said Jennifer Goodwin. Yeah. I figured. Early 90s? No, it came out like maybe 10 years ago. Okay. Oh, God. It's pretty weird. It's like a, it's like she like steals Kate Hudson's boyfriend, but like Kate Hudson's like annoying, so it's okay. Sure. Even though she's like her best friend. It's very weird. Classic Kate Hudson. Yeah. So in Something Borrowed, that's when Daphne is a... Uh, about to get married to Donnie. Mm-hmm. So they're at the wedding rehearsal and Martin at, at this time finds out that his favorite beer, I think Bal- a Bal- Valentine, Valentine, Valentine is yeah. about to get is discontinued, but they happen to have it at the bar. So then he does this monologue to the beer that's actually about Daphne, where mm-hmm. he's like, you know, you have something in your life every day and you don't realize how important it is until it's gone. But he's actually talking about Daphne. I thought, That's nice. I thought that was very sweet. Yeah. Uh, what are some other funny moments? Uh, well, yes, I enjoy him, uh, his impersonation of him um, impersonating Daphne. Uh, best advice. Uh, there's an episode where, actually, I have the clip. He gives Frazier some advice uh, when Frazier is trying to, oh, he gets laid off. He um he gets laid off or fired from KACL and he has all these big plans. Uh, I'm just going to show you this clip. In fact, I've got a lot to accomplish this evening. I'm going to start on my Russian language test. <laughs> what? What is it, Dad? What? Nothing. What? Don't you think I can do any of these things? No, I think you can do anything you put your mind to, Frazier. You always have. Thank you, Dad. I just wonder about all these projects. Well, as I said, I am streamlining. You know, I think what you discovered this week was that something's missing from your life. And before you start to fill it up with everything but the kitchen sink, I think you ought to just ask yourself, what do I really want? What is really going to make me happy now? Well, that's weird. I suddenly feel like having a beer. (laughs) And you know, that advice... Applies to me and you yeah, and all of us. It's true. Frightens me. <laughs> Honestly, I this is just the monologue that I could watch uh, when I'm feeling stuck. So I was a fan of that. One of my favorite things about the show is the relationship he has with Eddie. Yep. And 
how it seems as if he truly does love that dog more than the sons, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think what's not to like about Eddie? I like uh, I like the episode when when he thinks that Eddie is depressed, so he gets a dog psych- psychiatrist. Yes, and it's just a scam, but they won't. He won't listen to them when they sure. say it's a scam. Yeah. So like, uh, he the dog psychiatrist asks Martin. If Eddie were a cologne, what kind of cologne would he be? Who plays the psychiatrist? It's a, it's I'm a, not sure. I gotta look this up. And Martin and Martin says Aqua Velva. It's a little strong, but I think he could pull it off. Uh, I think in that episode, it, episode it turns out that Eddie um, was missing his. Uh, what was he missing? He was missing a toy. In the end, he was fine. But yes, I recently in the last five years uh, have come to truly love dogs and yep. have started to, I fear, like them more than people. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's right. Well, dog psychiatrist in this episode, uh, so uh, uh, February 11, 1997, Death mm-hmm. and the Dog. Okay. Um, the psychiatrist is played by Zelko Ivanek, classic TV character actor. Really? What else is he in? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll show, you the, name. I'll show you a picture. This guy. Oh, yeah. He's definitely played like an evil person. Yep. He's usually a bad guy. He was in Damages. Okay. Heard he of it. He was in True Blood. True Blood. He was the bad. He was in the, he was the bad. I think he was the bad guy in season one of 24. Oh, my um, gosh. Okay. Yeah. I did watch season one of 24. Yeah, he's been around. I saw, I remember I saw him like. Guys like that, like the character actor guys, like that guy guys, because there's, yeah. like, there's like, you know, a bunch of those and, and actresses too. But I always just, for whatever reason, I don't think of that woman as much as that guy because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a misogynist, obviously. But um, I'm going to quote you on that. That's right. Uh, Heard no. it here first, folks. <laughs> but uh, I I've, I spot those guys every once in a while, like living in New York, you, if you're in Soho or somewhere where, you know, they might be around because there's like some TV stations have uh, – headquarters and stuff down in down in that area and i saw zelko avenic once and i was like like you know that to me is more exciting than seeing like an actual famous person half the time i can understand that because i respect that kind of guy more that guy's a working actor i mean i think the thing that i think about a lot is like when and how will i run into david head pierce because i know that he lives in new york Mm -hmm. but i suspect we don't run in the same circles like it's hard for me to imagine him taking the subway do you think he ever takes it or no i think he well, he probably doesn't have to, but I think he, I don't, he strikes me as the kind of guy who is not above it. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I just, he's such a private person that I just, I don't know. I. Where do you think he lives? What neighborhood and stuff? Okay. I'm going with Upper West Side. Okay. What about you? Um, I was thinking at least somewhere, you know, part of me wants to just assume like village or something just because he, but, but I think you're probably right. It's somewhere uptown just because a, if he's on Broadway so much, you want to be close to there probably. That's a good point. And, uh, yeah. So I, I was going to say upper, I don't know why I was going to say upper East, but I was going to say upper East, but I think upper West might be a better bet. Yeah. What I'd really, what I think I'm going to have to do is, uh, become some kind of actor because his husband is a playwright. Mm. So I, Folks, you've heard me talk about this before, but I'm going to bring it up again. Uh, this comedian, or actually he was on the podcast, Gianmarco Sarasi, got to read like uh, his the, the husband's play at the Friars Club. Oh, really? And David Hyde Pierce was there. That's exciting. And he said he was really nice, and I'm really jealous. I would be jealous of that as well. So. Um, but on that note, I think uh, we've really covered a lot today. We did. And we went in a direction I didn't expect, which is what's fun and exciting about the world of podcasting. Yeah. You just don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes you're just going to talk about what drugs the Fraser cast would take, you know? But uh, 
John Mahoney, uh, well, I don't think he, I don't know if he's listening. If there is a heaven, do you think he's listening to podcasts about himself? Um, maybe. Cool. Well, there's an inherent narcissism with being an actor on some level, right? So maybe. Sure. Just, you know, got a Google alert set up for, yeah. Well, what's up, John Mahoney? I hope you're <laughs> listening to this. I respect you and hey, I man. miss you. Thanks for all the, thanks for all the episodes. Thanks for the laughs. Thanks for the wisdom. Well, thank you so much for being here, Patrick. Uh, this, this has been a special episode. Oh yeah. It's um, my pleasure. So where can people follow you? What do you have coming up? Um, well, I'm on all the Instagram and Twitter and stuff as uh Patty Mo is my handle. Um, but, uh, as far as like stuff to see or do, I, I'm, uh, let's see, uh, every Friday at Karma Lounge in East Village, I have a show eight 30, me and my pal Eli Uden. And, uh, also with Eli and our friend Kath, I have a podcast called what a time to be alive. Um, check that out that's in all my bios and stuff but it's uh basically just like a dumb news countdown it's the show that we uh count down the things each week that make us say the title of the podcast what a time to be alive so um yeah that's been going good and we've gotten some fun guests so maybe check that out i want to mention that recently on your podcast you had Patton oswald it's true that's pretty damn cool it was pretty cool man would i really really rub that in every time i talk to somebody <laughs> but i guess i could probably get away with it more that's true. I'm a short woman. That's true. We got away with a lot more. That's true. Uh, and this podcast is coming out before my live uh, podcast recording. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to plug it here, everybody. If you are in New York City or if you're going to be visiting on March 27th of 2019, you should absolutely come to the live taping of my Fraser podcast. It's going to be at Caveat. It's a lovely theater. We've got John Hodgman. We've got Larry Owens. We've got Dan Chamberlain. We've got Rebecca Shortall. Come check it out. It's going to be a crazy night. Thank you again, Patrick. And until next time, good night, Seattle.